everybody, it's Dylan James. And across the table from me is JT Taylor. We have a lot to talk about. It is one of the most anticipated weeks of the year when it comes to sports. Major League sports, that is. Super Bowl 52 is upon us. We are less than 48 hours away from the big game. And it's going to be a good one. Tonight we will be discussing our predictions for that game. We'll be talking about some Pro Bowl action that happened last week, some NHL All-Star stuff that happened last week, my trip to Tampa, my trip to the Skills Showdown at ESPN Wide World of Sports during the Pro Bowl festivities. So we'll be talking a lot about that stuff. But JT, how's it been going with you? It's been going good, Dylan. Uh, been very busy between DVC and Under Armour, as always. Um, been hanging out with a few of my coworkers, seeing some movies here and there, and had a pretty busy week. Uh, but I see, Dylan, you had a good time in Tampa. I saw some of your pictures on Facebook. I did. Yes, I did. Um, we actually went down all three days of the NHL All-Star Game. That's why we did not have a show last week, is because of that. But the first night we went was Friday night. They had the free concert in the park right next to Amelie Arena, or pretty close to Amelie Arena. It was Fitz and the Tantrums, and Moon Taxi opened up for them, so there was a free concert in the park for that. Then the actual skills competition day was on Saturday, which we got to see the skills competition. We got to see the mascot showdown. We got to see several other things. They had booths and stuff set up at the arena in the main parking lot there, I believe the silver parking garage, right next to the Amelie Arena. So we got to do that kind of stuff. Then the skills competition was incredible. It was, it was a very, very fun event to go to. It was definitely worth the price of admission. However, I did not pay because it was a gift to me from Ann Bailey. So thanks once again for that Christmas gift. And um, then, yeah, the next day was the All-Star Game. And who'd have thunk it? that the Atlantic was actually hanging in there. They almost won the All-Star game, but the Pacific said, nope, we're going to definitely take it away from you, and they did. So it was bad for the home team. The Tampa Bay Lightning did not get the win in the All-Star game. Therefore, the Pacific Division walked away with a million dollars because they won. But earlier in that day, JT, it was really, really cool because we actually had the red carpet outside and we got there at about maybe noon 12 o'clock something like that uh one o'clock was the red carpet event all the players from the all-star game actually went through the red carpet all the coaches went through the red carpet and so we were there and i actually got autographs uh which is really cool of pecorine pk suban james neal barry trotz our former head coach peter laviolette our current head coach and yeah, it was awesome. It was really, really cool. We had a great time on the red carpet, had a great time at the games. And um, unfortunately, Central lost again in the first round of the All-Star game. They did the same thing last year, so hopefully they can bounce back. It just shows you that the Central is not very strong when it comes to three-on-three play, especially the the Nashville Predators. We're not very strong at all in three-on-three. But this year we've gotten better, and I think as this format continues through the league. I think the teams will get better at three on three. We'll figure out a way to become successful in three on three, but yeah, it was tough for the central. So 
I guess there was no cohesion there like there should have been. But anyway, it was a fun weekend, though. We had a great time. And we drove back and forth from Orlando to Tampa every single day. So we put a lot of a lot of miles in the on the car, but it, it was fine. As long as you're having a good time, right? Exactly, exactly. Then the week before, um, we're about to talk about the NFL Pro Bowl, actually. We did the skills showdown on the Wednesday before the Pro Bowl. And during the practice, T-Rack was there from the Tennessee Titans. He actually had a football in his hands towards the end of the skills competition where they had just done kick-tack-toe, which was the kicker's version of tick-tack-toe. And he got one of the balls, put it in his hands, pointed at me, told me to come down a few rungs on the on the bleachers there, and threw it over to me. So I have an NFL football in my room right now. It's fantastic. So cool. I got some towels, too, some skills showdown towels. I got one for the NFC, one for the AFC. So I might whip those out on Sunday for the uh, the big game here at the apartment. So... Yep, Super Bowl 52, man. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be very exciting. But before we get to that, we did have a big game, sort of, in Orlando as we had the Pro Bowl for the second year in a row. And it was a very close game. Uh, I didn't get a chance to watch games. I had to work. But I was watching the highlights while I was at work today. And it was a very close game. Uh, the NFC had a big lead, but the AFC bounced back and they ended up winning that game 24-23. to um, As far as the quarterbacks that were in that game, for the AFC, it was Derek Carr, Ben Roethlisberger, Alex Smith. He was in there. And then for the NFC, it was Jared Goff, Russell Wilson, and Drew Brees. So Ben Roethlisberger, he's out there. He kind of struggled a little bit. I don't know if you still have any hangovers from what happened with the Jaguars defense uh, a couple weeks prior. I don't know. He didn't so look good. The NFC was, like I said, had that big lead. And Russell Wilson looked pretty good. Drew Brees looked pretty good out there, too. Yeah, yeah. So he did really well. Antonio Brown, he had a great play as well. And... Alex Smith, who we'll talk about in a minute, <laughs> pretty much saved the day, went 7 for 10, 133, one passing yards, and a touchdown and a pick. And Derek Carr, of course, came in to finish the rest of the day for the AFC. So it was a very, very entertaining game. The NFL hasn't decided yet if Orlando is going to keep getting this game going forward. But I think from what I've been seeing in the news, it's a big deal for Orlando. I mean, NFL giving Orlando a lot of money. I think I heard like somewhere like $42 million. I wouldn't be surprised. For just like a week. Yeah, like Orlando's I wouldn't be surprised. It. We got stuff going on at ESPN while we're at Sports Complex. Which is a great facility. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was oh, yeah. out there. This is the second year I've been out there for the Pro Bowl. And it's a fantastic facility to host all of these all these free events for fans. I mean, these fans love it, going every single day for that whole weekend, um, going to practices, going to the skills competition showdown, going to uh, the you know just the actual Pro Bowl itself at Camping World Stadium. So I think it's a great I think it's a great place for them to have it here. ESPN Wide World of Sports they don't really do much throughout the year. They do have cheerleading competitions. They have um, some seasonal sports as well, but I mean, they're not using the facility all the time. So this is a great thing for the, for our complex to actually host this every year, because I mean, it's something for them to, you know, utilize. And I think it's a great place, a great space for them to utilize. They signed a two year contract with ESPN wide world of sports. And this next year would be a third year option. They had the option for a third year. Um, so we haven't heard anything about the third year option being picked up yet or not. But hopefully it will be. I think the chances of it getting picked up is pretty good, Dylan, only because everybody knows Orlando. It's a tourist area. A lot of things going on down here. Orlando, they're used to handling lots of events. Yeah. Well, last year we had the NCAA tournament games, the first two rounds at the Amway Center. Of course, 
You got the 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 um, uh, Comic Con when they had their uh, conventions here every third year or so, and you had you know other conventions going on here at Disney World. So mm-hmm. there's always stuff going on here in Orlando. Everybody knows Orlando is kind of easy to get to, no matter where you are across the country, and you just have come out and have a good time. And we have all the hotels. We have hotels all over the place. Yeah, we do. So we can do it. The only bad thing about it is I, I think that the ticket sales for the Pro Bowl may be the deciding factor in this situation um, in the end. Because it seemed as though this year they were having a hard time selling out, selling out this event. And I don't even think it was a sellout whenever they got... No, when it, it wasn't. At the end of the day, it wasn't a sellout at all. They were selling $20 stand, standing room only tickets. They were giving um, us cast discount tickets. They were giving us cast <laughs> discount tickets as well, yeah, through Disney. Mm-hmm. And last year, they I don't think they sold it out until the very end, right up until the very, like, till the kickoff. I think they they sold out right, after, right before the kickoff. So, uh, you know, that's the only thing I'm worried about. I'm worried about the ticket sales because, I mean, it is better than Hawaii. Hawaii, they weren't getting many fans to go to those games. The stadium would be half full, if that, um, in Hawaii. So... It's a lot more convenient for fans to come down to Orlando. They can find cheaper flights to come down to Orlando to enjoy the festivities of Pro Bowl weekend. Here in Orlando, instead of going to Hawaii or some other tropical location. So, I don't know. We'll see if it pans out. Hopefully it does. Hopefully it does stay here in Orlando because it is definitely something that brings in a lot of tourists here. And it it does help out the city. It helps out the state. It helps out the the surrounding area, even the Central Florida area, just helps us out a lot. So hopefully it does stay here in Orlando. Oh, yeah. And Central Florida being busy with, like you mentioned, the NHL All-Star game in Tampa Bay last weekend. Of course, the Pro Bowl last weekend as well. So we'll see. Hopefully we'll have another booming year here in Central Florida next year. All right, Dylan. Speaking of the big games, we got the big game on Sunday, Super Bowl 52 in Minnesota, as we have the New England Patriots taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. So, Dylan, a lot of people talking about this game. We've had two weeks to talk about it, and now we're almost here. Who you got? All right, it's been a while. Uh, I've been thinking about this a lot. I really have. This game is going to be a very, very good game. Because what's the one phrase you hear around this time of year when it comes to a team's defense? Defense wins wins championships. championships. I would say that the Eagles have the far more superior defense. I would say that they can beat a team in the Super Bowl. However, the team we're talking about is the team led by first ballot Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famer, Tom Brady, one of the greatest quarterbacks, if not the greatest quarterback to ever play the sport. And if he does win this Super Bowl, he'll have six Super Bowl rings. Six. Not only that, Dylan, this is his... Eighth Super Bowl appearance. Joe Montana Eighth. had four Super Bowl rings. He'll have two. He will equal the amount of Super Bowl rings that the Pittsburgh Steelers Bradshaw. organization yeah. has. So, you know, it's, it's hard for me to say I'm going against Tom Brady. It's really, really hard. And this time, I can't do it. I have to, I have to go with the Patriots. Uh, it's it's. I know that there are a lot of Philadelphia Eagles fans out there, especially like <laughs> especially at Disney, who are going to be very upset with my opinion. However, it's Tom Brady. It's the Patriots. It's very very hard to win against that team, even if they make it close. They keep it close to the fourth quarter. If they go into the fourth quarter with a lead, 
We all know what can happen in the fourth quarter, especially after us watching 51 last year. Especially when the Zebras are involved, too. Exactly. <laughs> Coming back from a 28-3 to lead and then winning the game to win Super Bowl 51, that's the guy you're going up against. Philadelphia has a very, very dominant defense. I have to give them that. But when it comes to crunch time, when it comes to playing on that stage, where Philadelphia has not played on that stage since, what, 2004? It's been a... L- yeah, that was the year where they played Jacksonville, or in Jacksonville, the Super Bowl. They had Terrell Owens come back from a broken leg to play the Patriots, and it was nail brighter, but they lost. Yes. And remember, the Eagles, they haven't won a Super Bowl. The last time they won a championship, what was it, 1960, I think it was? It's been a long time. I know the last time Philadelphia had won a championship was 2008 when the Phillies won the World Series. So it's been a decade. Philadelphia's been waiting for a championship for a, quite a while now. They have. Boston, it's like every other year, the Patriots are the the who, the who Patriots are the... Can't remember the boss team event. The Red Boston Sox. Bruins, Red Sox, Red They're Sox. They're all all the boss teams every other year is winning it. Yeah, they are. Uh, but it's it's hard to go against the Patriots. It's one of those things that you know. No, I totally agree with you, Dylan. I, I I really want the Eagles to win, but my gut is telling me the Patriots will find a way. Just look look at two weeks ago when they played Jacksonville. Jacksonville was up fourteen to three. Jacksonville was up twenty to ten. And they had all the momentum, and in the second half, they were just a different team. And the Patriots, you know you keeping them in the game, hanging in there. They're going to find a way to bounce back. Bill Belichick, he knows how to prepare for those teams. He's had like two weeks. He's probably seeing Kubaya having a field day. Oh, I got two weeks to prepare with the Eagles, and going to shut down that running game, going to have all those guys, defenders on the receivers, and just make Nick Foles beat us with the passing game. And we all know Nick Foles. I mean, yeah, he lit it up against the Vikings a couple weeks ago. Can he do it? against the Patriots. I don't think so, Dylan. There are two factors leading into this game that are going against the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay? Number one, they have not been on the stage for 14 years. So, none of the players that are on this current team were there when the Eagles went to the Super Bowl in the first place. So, experience. Super Bowl experience is something they're lacking. Another thing they're lacking is a guy by the name of Carson Wentz. Now, if Carson Wentz was on the field, he'd have a lot, he'd have a, a much better chance of winning against this Patriots team instead of Nick Foles being the starting quarterback. I don't have that much faith in Nick Foles still. He, yes, he's done great in in uh, in place of Carson Wentz these past few weeks. He's been a he's been a great quarterback for that team. He has not been the one winning the games though. It's been the run game, it's been the defense, and it has not been Nick Foles. In this game, the quarterback will have to shoulder the burden of the entire team. Therefore, we're asking Nick Foles to lead that entire team and that organization to the Lombardi Trophy. I I just don't see it happening. I really don't see it happening because Nick Foles is not that good of a quarterback. Now, if Carson Wentz was in there, like I said, I think Carson Wentz would have a better shot at it. I think that this decision I made about the winner of the Super Bowl would be a lot harder to choose. No, I definitely agree with you on that, Dylan. One thing I will say this, Dylan, if because my boy Logan is going to be in Philly watching the game on Sunday. Yes. If the Eagles, they somehow find a way to get the upset and, and win, you know Philadelphia, after the way they beat the Vikings, they're going to go all over the place. I have a message for Logan. Logan, if the Philadelphia Eagles win that game, 
lock your doors, stay inside, <laughs> board up your windows because it's going to be chaos in the streets. There's there's going to be fire. There's going to be bricks being thrown. There's the, going to be guys running it on the pool and hitting the subway. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it, it's it's going to be a madhouse in Philadelphia. So do not get injured while you're there, please. Yes, Logan, please stay safe. Stay safe in Philadelphia. All right, guys, let's move on to some league news as the big news that happened this week, Dylan. And it kind of just came out of nowhere. Alex Smith getting traded from the Kansas City Chiefs to the Washington Redskins. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> now, we, we saw on Radio Road today, I was watching a lot of the coverage from, from the Super Bowl, and Kirk Cousins was actually on ESPN, NFL Network, places like that, saying that he got the call the day after Alex Smith got signed, uh, well, tech, quote-unquote, in principle, got signed to Washington. Now, there's no question, Dylan, Alex Smith is making money on this deal. Oh, he's going to make money on this deal. For sure. $71 million, for sure. guaranteed. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of money. 32, 33, something like that, yeah. It's going to be a lot of money. But, you know, with Kirk Cousins, he's going to find a landing place very easily. Now, we don't know which team that's going to be. However, we do know the team that he wants to go to. And you know what that team is called? The Minnesota Vikings. He wants to end up there and be their starting quarterback. So, if Kirk Cousins goes to Minnesota because he knows they're a Super Bowl contender, that defense can lead them to a championship. And if Kirk Cousins is playing as well as he did what, two seasons ago? I think he'll be... I mean, this year he played okay, but I think two seasons ago he was the better quarterback, essentially. So if he goes into Minnesota and they, you know, put him under center and they go to the Super Bowl, then that would be a fantastic a fantastic feather in the cap of Kirk Cousins if he decides to go there instead of anywhere else. And he said at this point he doesn't care about money. He has the money after his, you know, double franchise tags. He has enough money right now. So I think that he's willing to go somewhere where he can be successful, where he can win a Super Bowl ring, and he can leave a legacy. And I think that Minnesota is a really, really good landing spot for him. Are there any other teams you see out there that would be calling Kirk Cousins for his services this offseason? Well, we definitely know Cleveland is going to reach out to Kirk Cousins. We know that. You mentioned Minnesota. And there obviously are the Buffalo Bills. That's another possibility that I see could try to reach out for him. I'm trying to think. Maybe San Francisco if Garoppolo falls through. I I doubt that, I I doubt that's going to happen. But uh, Kirk Cousins, he's definitely going to get interest. And the quarterbacks, you never know. There might be some more shuffling with some unexpected teams. You never you never know. Ben Rosberg, I know he said he wants to come back, but what if he changes his mind two months later? Yeah, so, true, true. You know, you can't rule out Pittsburgh either. So, Kirk Cousins, he's going to have options. And to me, Dylan, no matter which option he pick, he's going to get paid. He is going to get He's going to get his money. So yeah, he's he gonna is. he's going to be fine. He is. Um, another option that you didn't say is Jacksonville. Oh, yeah, I heard about that well, one, too. Well, I mean, yeah. Blake Bortles, if they decide to part ways with Blake Bortles, which they should. But, I mean, that's just my personal opinion. I mean, they 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 need a solid quarterback in Jacksonville. Now, for me as a Titans fan and for you as a Titans fan, we want to see Blake Bortles stay there because <laughs> we know we can get to him. We know that he can 
we'll get sacks. When we play Jacksonville, we'll turn it into Saxonville <laughs> against Blake Bortles because he, he's going to get sacked. But I, I, I seriously see Jacksonville being in the mix for a quarterback. I mean, they're not going to turn down any offers. Um, I think that it'll be interesting to see who the suitors are for Kirk Cousins this is offseason. And he's going to get to pick, he's going to pretty much get to pick the the best of the the best of the best, essentially. The best place that he thinks he can win a Super Bowl. And there are several contenders out there that will need quarterbacks this offseason. Yeah, don't forget the Jets, the Denver Broncos, maybe the Miami Dolphins. The only thing about those teams, though, like the Jets, um, you think of Cleveland, they have very, very high draft picks. So they'll have to have zero faith in the quarterbacks coming out of college if they want to go get Alex May, if they want to go get Kirk Cousins. What about the Arizona Cardinals, though? Because, you know, Carson Palmer just retired. True. They, and, and that would be a very good decision because their backup quarterback, who, it's, um, oh, what's that guy's name? He's been there for years. Uh, find out if, if you can get that name for me. Um, but, yeah, so he, their backup quarterback's awful. Uh, Drew Stanton, that's who it is. Drew Stanton's been there in, in Arizona for a few years now in that system. But even when he's been in relief of... Yeah, their quarterbacks are Drew Stanton, Blaine Gabbert, and Matt Barkley. That's their quarterbacks on the Cardinals roster right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't see... I don't see a franchise quarterback in those three guys at all. <laughs> Especially since Drew Stanton was the starting quarterback after Carson Wentz went down with an injury. They don't have faith in Matt Barkley or uh, Blaine Gabbert at all. So that tells you a lot. Um, maybe if they go to a different system, they might be a better quarterback, but we'll never know. So, you know, you see these teams that have higher draft picks. They're not going to give away their draft pick very easily, and they're not going to just keep the draft pick and decide, you know what we're going to do is we're just gonna, not going to draft a quarterback. We'll draft somebody else instead because this is a pretty good draft class coming out for quarterbacks. And if you want a quarterback, you have to get him high in this draft. So we'll see what happens when the draft comes around. We'll see if there are trades going to be happening because I could easily see some trades in the future for the draft this year. Um, but we just got to see which teams are willing to deal. That's right, Dylan. On to some Titans real quick. The Titans news real quick. Real quick. <laughs> The Titans, of course, we we missed last week, but they hired a coach, uh, Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel, He's be the, the Houston Texans head coach for the Titans. We got offensive coordinator Matt Lafleur, uh, who we got from the uh, Rams, and we got a new defensive coordinator who he was the Ravens defensive coordinator. Um, I think it was. Uh, I have to look it Pease. up. Peas, peas, yeah. But he was with the Ravens defensive coordinator. Then he was going to retire, and then he came out to come join the Titans staff. So the Titans, our staff is building up and. Uh, your boy Marcus Mariota, he's very excited. Oh yeah, I, I would be too. Mike, did you see the success that the Ra- the Rams had last season with oh, yeah. Mike Vrabel as the offensive coordinator? You know, the only bad thing about Matt Lafleur is that Matt has never called a game offensively before. That's the only bad thing. He's not a play caller. He was a quarterback coach essentially with the title of offensive coordinator. Now we have to see if all of those mesh together to where he can actually be a play caller. But we've seen. The guys he's worked under, he worked under Sean McVay. Um, he worked under, um, what's his name in Los Angeles, too? Uh, Jeff Fisher? Uh, not Jeff Fisher. Um, there were so many other younger quarterbacks, I mean, younger coaches he's, he's had. Uh, no, uh, Gruden. Oh, John Gruden. Ja- not John Gruden. Or Jay Gruden. Jay Gruden, there yeah. you go. Um, so he's worked with Jay Gruden. He's worked with 
um, Sean McVay. I mean, he's had some good quarterback, like some good coaches that he's learned under. So I think that he'll be a good play caller. But it's going to be interesting. I can't. I can't wait to see the play calling they have this coming up season to see if they're more in tune with Marcus Mariota's skill set, which they need to be. I think that for this team to be successful, that will have to happen. And I don't think we have to worry with Matt LaFleur being the offensive coordinator. Well, Mariota said, Dylan, and I quote, I'm just very excited. His vision, the direction he wants to take the team, it is one that I am very excited to be a part of. It is going to be a lot of fun. So looking forward to it, Dylan. We'll see how it goes. All right, Dylan, let's go to some hockey news. Now, of course, you recap the uh, NHL All-Star game for uh, earlier in the show. But is there anything else you want to add before we do our first half recap? I don't know if you guys know this, but being in an arena with almost 20,000 people and hearing them boo Brad Marchand and oh, Sidney Crosby. The commissioner. <laughs> oh, no, the, no, they didn't boo the commissioner. Uh, but Brad Marchand and Sidney Crosby is probably the most glorious sound you'll ever hear. Um, it, it was fantastic. So they were booing Sidney Crosby. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, they were booing Sidney Crosby and Brad Marchand. Because Marchand shouldn't have been there in the first place. Oh, yeah. He was suspended. I heard about, yeah, I heard he had Marchand. a four-game suspension, but he was still at the All-Star game. People hate him. There was a sign. There was a kid who signed, who had a sign he held up during All-Star weekend. Um, I believe it was for the during the warm-ups for the skills showdown. Um, he held up a sign, and it said, Exterminate the Rat. And it had a picture of Brad Marchand, and his face had been morphed into a rat face with a piece of cheese sticking out. And Brad Marchand actually took a picture with the poster during warm-ups, which was pretty funny. But, um, yeah, it, it was it was a, a great experience. I, I definitely look forward to another All-Star game in the future. Hopefully they go to Nashville, uh, you know, again. Um, I know it's probably going to be about 20 years till we see another All-Star game in Nashville. But if they do go back to Nashville, when they do go back to Nashville, I will be there for the All-Star game because it was phenomenal. So if you de- if you have a chance to go to an All-Star game next year for the NHL, I would say do it because it is a phenomenal experience. Definitely, Dylan. <clears throat> so for the first half of the season, uh, we've seen a lot of teams, Dylan, that are doing very well in the NHL. Of course, down the road from us, Tampa Bay Lightning, they're still doing exceptionally well. And we have, of course... Your Preds doing well, the Jets, the Blues. Of course, my Caps are hanging up there in the, in the Metropolitan Division, the Columbus Blue Jackets. So those teams have done very well. Teams that are really surprising, of course, the Vegas Golden Knights. We'll talk about them in a bit. And teams that have been kind of up and down, like the Detroit Red Wings, trying to figure out what they're going to do with Mike Green, if they're going to trade him. Of course, the Arizona Coyotes are basically in a dumpster fire, getting rid of everybody. And Blackhawks are awful the this Blackhawks season. Blackhawks are banged up. So, a lot of surprises. The Canucks have been up and down. So, that's kind of been a recap of the first half of the season. And the NHL, it's going to be interesting because now that we're going to get towards the, the Olympics this month, the players are certainly playing with their teams. And we'll see how it goes as we get closer to the NHL trade line, traded line, excuse me, which I believe is at the end of this month. Yes. So, we'll see what who your Preds and my Cavs pick up. Uh, the end of the month. Well, one of the biggest moves was that the Predators actually got Mike Fisher to unretire um, this week. So he's going to be joining the team in the next few weeks before the trade deadline on February 26th. Yeah, I had heard that kind of came out of the blue. Like they it had, did. They were it talking did. to him for like three weeks ago just to see if he would be interested. And I guess one thing he had another, and next thing you know, he's back. He said around the holidays he, he started missing the game a lot around Christmas time, and then he spoke with Roman Yossi. He spoke with Peter Laviolette first. He spoke with Laviolette first. 
um, then Roman Yossi, then David Poyle, and they just kind of came together. One day I was at work and I looked at my phone and I saw a picture of Mike Fisher skating at Bridgestone Arena. And come to find out, uh, Justin Bradford, actually one of our friends from the National Predators from Penalty Box Radio, uh, had tweeted out and said, Mike Fisher's coming out of retirement. He's going to be joining the Predators, and he wants to win a cup with this team. And he thinks that this year is the year for the National Predators to reach the cup. So, I mean, it's it's great for the team, great for the city, too. It's great for Mike Fisher as well. And I know that with Carrie going under that going under the knife a few weeks ago after that fall she had, um, they did lose some income. So he, he's, he's trying to remedy that situation and get some more income for the family, I guess. Because, I mean, he didn't really need to come out of retirement, but... Um, you know, this team is so good. And we saw last night without Mike Fisher, the entire team was healthy. We had zero scratches in the game last night against the Los Angeles Kings. And we won that game five to zero. Um, our team is completely healthy right now. And, and it's, it's, it shows you how much of a powerhouse Nashville is when they're healthy and when everything is clicking and everything was clicking last night. Hopefully it continues because this team is going to go on a tear in the second half of the season, and I'm just very excited to see what happens. I hope that we go to at least the Western Conference Final again. That would be fantastic. Um, The Stanley Cup Final would be even more so. I I think that would be something that would be um, huge for the city, huge for the organization, and I, I, I can't wait to see what the possibilities are at the end of the season for this team because if we keep playing the way we are right now, we are on the hunt for the Stanley Cup this year. And I, I think it'd be great to have it in Nashville. Yeah, Dylan, I'm definitely excited to see uh, Mike Fisher back. So it'll be interesting to see how he fits with the team. Uh, so speaking of a player who's coming out of retirement, a player who is, well, not retiring. Well, but he's, not, he's not retiring. He's leaving the league. Yeah, true. Yarmir Yager, we talked about him a few weeks ago, but it appears the Calgary Flames, what they did was they put him on waivers. Uh, nobody claimed him. So they are basically pulling a soccer move and loaning him out to his hometown in the Czech Republic. So he's going to play for the Claudin, the Claudino Knights in the Czech Republic. Uh, the Yager, he hasn't played a game since December 31st, the Calgary Flames, and he's the NHL's second all-time leading point scorer. So Yarmy Yager, he said when he got to, back home to the Czech Republic, you know, he, he does own that part of that team. He does own the team. So he's focused on getting healthy, you know, trying to – you know, keep himself up and going after having a frustrating season and just getting himself healthy. So I guess now that he's not in the NHL, maybe the Czech Republic might call him to the Olympics the last minute. I, I don't know, but uh, Yager, he's been an amazing guy, and I'm definitely going to miss seeing around the NHL with that mullet man. Uh, yeah, I know, right? He's still rocking it at 45. That was one of the big things, too. That was a disappointment for me in the NHL season this year so far is that Yager Yager did not do as much as I thought he would. And, of course, he was battling the injury bug the entire first half of the season, pretty much. But he only played, like, 20 games, 19, 20 games, something like that. So it, it, it was tough to see a guy of that caliber coming back hopefully having a good year with the Calgary Flames because it's the first time he was playing with a, a Canadian team and then just it just went down the gutter really, really quickly. It kind of reminded me of, it was like a, an NHL equivalent to when Brett Favre decided to come back after his miraculous year with the Minnesota Vikings when they went to the, the NFC Championship game. He decided, you know what? This team is so good, I'm going to come back next season and we're going to make it back to that 
position again and go to the Super Bowl and get one more ring before I leave. And it didn't happen. And it did not happen. He went down with injuries. Uh, the defenses were all over him the entire season. I don't even think he played the whole season that year. I think he went down with an injury halfway through the season. Yeah. And and someone else came and in and relieved Webb him. Joe Webb was like the quarterback the rest yeah, of the season. Yeah, Joe Webb was. So, uh, you know, it, it's, it was tough to see that situation happen. And it's tough to see the situation happen, too. I, I would hope that Yami Yager could have gone out on a a more positive note, which, I mean, I, I guess he did go out on a positive note. He had one note. goal and six assists in 22 games. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, he could have played more, but like I said, it was the injury. So, I would love to see it, like a team in, in the playoff run just pick him up just to see if he can help him out. But Yager's still playing, so that's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of a team that's been awesome, the Vegas Golden Knights, Dylan, they made history last the other night as they became the first expansion team to break the NHL record of winning 34 games in 50 games. They played 50 games, Dylan, and they've won 34. The last team to have that kind of streak was the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim back in 93-94. Of course, it took them 84 games to do that. Jeez. So, um, Vegas Golden Knights, they're just breaking records, making history. I think it's put it down, Dylan. They're, they're going to the playoffs. Oh, they're going to the playoffs for sure. Hopefully your prayers will have some, something to say about in Vegas, but they're going they to the will. playoffs. They will. Don't worry. They will. Um and if we get to them, I don't know if we even get to them um, in the in the first or second round because maybe they might get knocked out before that. But yeah, they've had a miraculous season so far. One of the biggest reasons they had the miraculous season was thanks to the Predators because they got James Neal. So you're welcome, Vegas. Because hey, they also got my boy Jake uh, Schmidt, the defenseman. He's yep, helping him out too. Yep, yep. So I mean, it, it, they're it's a fantastic roster, and in with one of those rosters, you cannot expect anything less than what they've given us so far because you know with with expansion teams and I've talked about this you've talked about this where you know the National Predators were an expansion team and they did not have a roster like Vegas does right now Nashville took several years before they started becoming contenders in the playoffs and things like that so to see this happen the Vegas fans are kind of getting spoiled. I, I think that at a certain point, they're going to find, you know, one day in the future, not now, but I'm saying, you know, one one of these years, one of these seasons, they're going to find out, oh, well, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights aren't as good as I thought they were because they'll have a down year. Uh, it's going to be kind of interesting to see what the Vegas fans do when that happens because, I mean, it's, it's bound to happen one year. I don't think they're going to be a powerhouse every single season, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Well, hopefully they don't end up like what Arizona is dealing with right now. That's a dumpster just, fire. You know, just hanging in there, trying to find out what's going to happen to that team next year. So, we'll see. But anyway, on to our Preds Caps update. I know, Dylan, you talked about your Preds earlier and excited about Mike Fisher coming back. For my Capitals, last time we talked, they were on a three-game losing streak, but they've snapped out of it. They last week beat the Florida Panthers 4-2, to two, and then they had to play the Flyers again on Wednesday, January 31st, and we would beat them 5-3. Ovechkin, of course, he's been getting goals. He has 30 goals now this season. Wow. He's doing very well. And then, of course, unfortunately, we had a big game tonight against those hated Pittsburgh Penguins, Dylan. And, well, Ovechkin, you know, had two goals in that game, but it was not enough as the Penguins destroyed our defense 7-4. to So we did not show up tonight. Braden Holpe, he gave up six goals in this game, so... Not looking good for February, but hopefully we can still turn it around. We still got a while to go. We are going to play the Vegas Golden Knights, we just talked about, on Super Bowl Sunday at 1230. Oh, yeah. 
All right, well that's good. Philip Forsberg actually came back last night too, scored a goal and a hat and a um, an assist last night as well. So congratulations to Philip Forsberg. It is February, like they say in Nashville, because of Philip. So February. Uh, he's he's very very good in February. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens with this team this uh, this second half of the season because the Predators are going to be on a tear, like I said earlier before. So let's move on to the NBA. The All Star rosters came out. And, you know, looking at both teams, do you have any surprises that are in there? Not really. I know uh, Draymond uh, Green from the the Warriors is uh, not happy about being snubbed off the team. But to me, it doesn't matter. LeBron, Curry, the West is probably going to win again. It's going to be like probably 190 to 180-something. So the February, the game's going to be in February, I think it's the 18th, so in Los Angeles. So it'll be pretty exciting. Uh, and speaking of NBA, Dylan, uh, we had uh, a coach that got fired uh, when we missed our show last week, Jason Kidd. Uh, he just kind of came out of nowhere. He was fired at the middle of his third season. And uh, their best player, Giannis Atikokopinbu, I hope I said it's, it's Greek. If I botched it, that was close. please forgive me, Giannis. That was close. You can yeah. tweet me at JTSaki88 if I get it wrong, okay? But... <laughs> Uh, as they call him the Greek freak, as I think this is what they call his nickname is. Yeah, but yeah. he wasn't happy about it. He told uh, the Milwaukee Bucks owners, "Hey, we talked about this, and I was willing to do what I can to help save his job." But the owners decided to make a change for the Bucks, and the Bucks, you know, they've been up and down in the NBA since the firing happened, and we'll have to see Dylan if the Bucks can get this uh, turned around because the Bucks are right now with a lot of teams in the Eastern Conference trying to fight it out to get into the playoffs. Playoffs? And right now the Bucks are hanging on to that seventh spot in the Eastern Conference. Speaking of teams fighting for the playoffs, there was a big trade that happened this week, Dylan, as the Los Angeles Clippers have decided to trade Blake Griffin to the Detroit Pistons. And the Clippers, Dylan, they got a first-round pick, and they got Avery Bradley, they got Tobias Harris, and Boban Marjanovic. So the the Clippers and the Pistons, they're both in ninth place in their respective conferences. And I think the Pistons, in my opinion, gave up too much. But I think the Pistons had to make this move because they're trying to get in the playoffs. They're trying to really. And Blake Griffin, I don't think he was going to stay in the Clippers long term once they got rid of uh, Chris Paul last year. No, he wasn't so going to. He was gonna, they were going to have to get rid of him at some point. Yeah. So the Clippers had to get something for him. So the Clippers, though, they're looking at the long term, getting Avery Bradley, Tobias Harris. I mean, good pickups, and you get two draft picks. So that's a good deal for the Clippers. And the Blake Griffin made his debut uh, last night, and the Pistons won. They won their first game wow. with him. So go. we'll see how it goes. Speaking of teams in the Eastern Conference, the Cleveland Cavaliers, who are still in this funk of trying to snap the losing streaks and winning and losing, they had an injury with uh, Kevin Love. Kevin Love got injured. He injured his hand, and uh, he's going to be out for six to eight weeks. Um, now, the good news is for Kevin Love is – he will not need surgery, so he's going to miss a couple months, but they should have him back in for the playoffs. But Cleveland, man, they just can't catch a break. And they LeBron, can't. he's like, oh, this news with the Warriors, and I'm trying to get my team to get in the playoffs, and we want to get back to the NBA Finals, we want to win. They just can't catch a break. And the Celtics, they just signed uh, Greg Monroe, who got released by the Phoenix Suns earlier this week. So 
pretty interesting stuff in the NBA, Dylan. Yeah, definitely so. Um, it's interesting about the the Cavaliers situation. I mean, it's it's weird to see such a fall from grace this season. And I mean, you know, LeBron James does want another ring. He does want another uh, championship. And this year, the way it's going, it doesn't look, not look like he will be getting to a championship any clo- anywhere close to a championship this season. Um, so you know, we'll see if he'll be able to bring his team back to life and win something um, other than against these know-nothing teams. So we'll see what happens. Anyway, uh, let's move over to our segments, and it's the JT's Football Recap of the Week. Microphones are yours. Thanks, Dylan. And as always, Out of Bounds is here to recap the latest from the beautiful game, and we're going to start with some action happened with the FA Cup. The FA Cup, we had some big upsets this past week that we missed as West Bromwich Albion defeated Liverpool 3-2 and Wigan Athletic defeated West Ham United 2-0, knocking those guys out in the FA Cup. And then, of course, we had Real Madrid, who last we talked, they were kind of struggling, losing, and they still were struggling as Real Madrid, they were got knocked out of the uh, Copa del Rey against Leganes, losing 2-1 to one at home at the Bernabeu. Who would have thought they would lose at home? And the aggregate score finished 2-2, but Leganes, of course, advanced because they got more away goals. Now, Real Madrid, they have kind of snapped out of it. They did beat, <laughs> they did beat uh, Valencia and crushed Deportivo. So, Real Madrid's playing Levante tomorrow. So, Real Madrid looks like they're moving on up. But the question is, can they catch Real Madrid? All right, Dylan. And we also had some Premier League games that happened earlier this week. Swansea City upset Arsenal 3-1. to Chelsea lost to Bournemouth 3-0. And Tottenham Hotspur, they beat my boys Manchester United. Just blew the doors out of them 2-0 in Wembley Stadium. All right, Dylan. We got some big news for Orlando City and Orlando Pride. So for Orlando City, last we talked, Kyle Lahren. They're still trying to figure out that mess. So that's been sorted. Kyle Lahren, he's at Besiktas. They reached a settlement on the transfer fee for $2.3 million, I believe. Orlando City wasn't happy about it, but in the end, they had to let him go. Orlando City also made a trade. They got Justin Merrim from the Columbus Crew in exchange for, um, for uh, I think it was a draft pick, I believe they sent in return. And Orlando's also made a signing as they got a player from Egypt. Give me a minute while I recall it. But as I'm just looking it up, for Orlando Pride, they made some big news today, Dylan, as they just signed, or not signed, but traded for Sidney LaRue. Sidney LaRue was with the Kansas City, FC Kansas City team that got moved to Utah. And she, her husband, of course, Dom Dwyer, plays for Orlando City. So now she's coming to play for Orlando Pride this upcoming season. So Orlando Pride, very excited because you got Marta, you got Alex Morgan still there, and you got Sidney LaRue now. So it's going to be very exciting. Orlando City also signed Uri Rossell um, from Sporting Lisbon. And Orlando City also got um, – I'll come back to it. But anyway, on to my soccer news as we had some action going on in – last week that we missed. So, MLS, they announced that Miami is going to come to MLS in 2020. So, that means Dylan, David Beckham, he finally, four years, finally get the team there. And they're going to start in 2020. Rumor is that Nashville SC, your favorite soccer team, is going to join them around that time. Tormenta FC, South Georgia Tormenta, they're going to be the first team to enter USL's Z3 leagues. That's pretty exciting. And unfortunately, uh, Dylan, the Boston Breakers, 
of the NWSL are going to fold like literally months before their season starts. So their players are going to get dispersed in the NWSL draft. So that means the NWSL is only have nine teams this upcoming season. And for the transfer deadline, we had, of course, Aubameyang, Pierre Aubameyang going to Arsenal. And we had Alex Sanchez going to Manchester United. So some of the big moves we had happened there. All right, Dylan, some games to watch this week. We have um, the games to watch this week. So Sunday, we have Liverpool against Tottenham Hotspur. That's going to be 1130 on NBCSN. Then you have Atletico Madrid taking on Valencia. That's going to be at 245. And that's going to be on BN Sports. And then in the Ligon, you have AS Monaco taking on Olympic Lyon. And Lorena City player, I forgot now, I remember his name. It's going to be Amro Tarak. He's coming over from um, a club in Egypt. And he's going to be on loan for the upcoming season. Where did he play real quick? Um, oh, yeah. Wadi Degla FC. Okay. Hmm. And sorry for the long delay, guys. <laughs> that will conclude my football recap of the week. Moving on to some miscellaneous news. We have Amazon and Facebook are bidding to purchase the streaming rights for the World Wrestling Entertainment, uh, especially now that Ronda Rousey is joining the WWE. So I'm sure that money is pretty soon go up a little much higher now. Oh, I'm sure it will be because... Ronda Rousey is definitely a, a fighter that people have been looking forward to seeing in WWE. And she made her debut during Royal Rumble. She did not win. However, she did have a good showing. So I think people are going to be very excited to see her come into the ring. And then, uh, yeah, put on a show every week. So it'll be great to see that. Fox is reportedly going to be paying $550 million for Thursday Night Football. And that's a huge deal for Fox. Definitely for... Um, their rights to have the NFL on their network. And quick Australian Open recap. Roger Federer and Caroline Wozniak, Wozniacki. Wozniacki, they, they were winners. They were the winners, that. yeah, definitely so. So congratulations to them. Um, there are some MLB, MLB players. They're threatening to streak. <laughs> Those I are great st- notes. I meant strike, not oh, streak. Oh, strike. Oops. But- oh. Typo there. Typo but, in the uh, notes. Uh-oh. But uh, but uh, there there has been reports, according on Bleacher Report, that some ML play MLB players aren't happy with the union or something like that. So there's been talk that they might go on strike during spring training. We have to wait till spring training starts in March, but uh, we'll see how that goes. And of course, Dylan, big news that happened last week that we missed. Uh, Vince McMahon. We talked about it. it's been rumored for a couple months now, but now it's happening. The XFL. Wait, what? They're coming back. They're in making 2020. the return in 2020. JT, there was an Orlando team for the XFL before. The what Orlando was, Rage. There you go. Orlando Rage. Was, that was my quiz question oh. for the night. Yeah. Orlando Rage, they were the uh they were all the rage. <laughs> uh but yeah, they, that's that was the XFL team. It looks like Orlando is going to be bidding for an XFL team again to come down to Orlando to play. So well, that'll be interesting. The to XFL, see. I would try to market Obviously, a little different than the NFL, but you gotta kind of accept yourself as a feeder league. You know, college football ends in January, so you get some of those players, and you get some free agents from the NFL, and you have them play in the roster. Um, as far as where they can go, obviously, Dylan, they gotta go to San Diego. You gotta go to Oakland. You gotta go to Omaha, Austin, San Antonio. Of course, Orlando, Birmingham, um, maybe Memphis or Knoxville, one of those places. So I think. 
they got to have a presence of maybe a mixture of maybe some NFL markets that used to be in the league, like St. Louis, but some auto markets that are kind of close, but you have a uh, distance where you can get your own uh, niche for fans to watch it. So we'll see. But the XFL, they're going to have some pressure in a couple years, and they got to get it right. Otherwise, it's just the NFL. That's all we got. And Vince McMahon put his money on the line as well. His own personal money he put on the line for this con- for this league. So if he fails again, I mean, that's two strikes you're out, I mean, in this situation, because that, that's awful. Anyway, Orlando Rage, you know what their record was the year that they were a team? Their record? Oh, I have their no record, idea. Eight and two. Eight and two. They lost in the semifinals to Phil, uh, San Francisco. Actually. Oh, the Demons. Okay. The San Francisco Demons. Yeah. I wonder if uh, He Hate Me is going to come back. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if they have those names. Well, I don't think they'll have those names. I think they'll make it to where it's more of a no, professional league. No, they said it's be more now. professional. They said they're not going to have the cheerleaders. Family the friendly. Yeah, family friendly. Mm-hmm. They're going to make the players stand for the national anthem. Kind of, I kind of find that pretty funny. And they said <laughs> they're going to look at people's records, too, before they come into the league. So Johnny Menzel. Nope. He cannot be in the XFL as RG3, of right now. RG3, though, you're good. RG3, you're good. If you want to play in the XFL, you're more than welcome to. Um, but Johnny Menzel is one of those players that, as of right now, anyway, he cannot play in the XFL. So, I mean, I, I think they do need a big name in there to to start. Uh, because So people can actually start watching the games. So, out of people, let's say out of NFL players who just didn't make it in the NFL, do you think there are any players that will move over to the XFL? Although oh, definitely be some players. Chad Ochocinco? I don't Terrell know. Terrell Owens? They're in their 40s. I don't know. They, they might play. They might be celebrities. might be coaches. I don't Ocho know. Ochocinco's, hey, he's still got it, though, he says. He's still got it. Yeah. RG3? Oh, I know RG3 will probably go. If he's not playing by then, he'll, he'll definitely go. Okay. Well, we'll see what, team, what players decide to go out there and uh, make a name for themselves in the XFL. So... Moving on to winners and losers for the week. So, JT, I will give you the microphone first, sir. All right. Thanks, Dylan. So, my winner this week, and I kind of made a a last-minute change on this one, but my winner this week is going to be UCF linebacker Shaquem Griffin. Now, Dylan, I'm sure you heard about his story. He's basically playing. He has, you know, one hand and everything, and he had a stellar season at UCF, and he definitely impressed and practiced enough that he's going to get an invitation to go to the NFL Combine. And that's, that's awesome. so awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm happy for him, and I wish him the best of luck. My loser this week is ESPN. And I don't know what's going on. I know ESPN had a lot of turmoil with, lately with their business, but I've been curious to wonder what's going on with these like fake news stories that are kind of trying to blow water where there's nothing there. We saw a few weeks ago, Dylan, with – the Patriots, when they were saying, oh, Rob Kraft and Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, they're having fights and everything, and they didn't want to get rid of Garoppolo, and they're going to break up after the season. What? And then what happened? They were angry, and Tom Brady, they were getting ticked off about his hand, and he just destroyed the Titans. And now this week, there's news about, oh, LeBron James, and we're hearing that he's going to talk to the Warriors during the offseason. What? And it's, it's February. Are you kidding me? LeBron James ain't talking to nobody. He has not made up his mind. He ain't going to go anywhere until July 1st or July 4th. By then, we'll probably know where he's going to go. But he's already he said he's not going to talk to the Warriors, at least not right now, and he's not talking to the Clippers when they trade Blake Griffin away. He's not talking to nobody. He's focused on the season. So ESPN, come on, man. You're just trying to start these firestorm stories, and 
there's to me nothing there nothing there let's report on actual news that's actually what's going on so that's all the way i see it but that's my loser this week perfect dylan what are your winners and losers my winner this week is randall margraves he is the father of three daughters um who were among larry nasser's um assault victims sexual assault victims he was in court today during the sentencing of Larry Nasser and asked the judge if he could have five minutes in a locked room with Larry Nasser um, alone. She said no. He said one minute alone. She said no. And he goes, okay, well, I guess I'll take things into my own hands and try to attack him here. So she, he actually advanced towards Larry Nasser before being taken down by three or four sheriffs um, in the in the courtroom that time. But Yeah, I saw the video on Twitter, what had happened in... The good news is, I mean, I, I mean, we all obviously don't have to go to what happened, but I can understand like why he reacted the way he did, and I, I, don't, I personally don't blame him. And you know, I hope obviously that his daughters and all everyone that's been affected by this that they get the support they need and everything to to get through this difficult time. And I totally understand that. And the judge says they're not going to press charges on him, so that's nope. good. So, he said he apologizes a hundred times. He lost control, and he should not have upstaged his daughters at this time. So mm-hmm. um, good for him. He's my winner because, I mean, Larry Nassar, he's going to get his get his due in jail. Oh, oh that's what's going to happen. Definitely. And so... And, I mean, this whole thing with that situation, like, it's not... It's just affecting everything. G- gymnastics, everybody's quitting left and right. Michigan State, everybody's resigning. I mean, it's like... What well, we saw with Penn State, everybody's going down right now with this yeah. whole situation. So very unfortunate, but more importantly, you know, for the, for the ladies, you know, like I said, just hope they get the support they need and everything, and you know, um, they get the support they need. That's very important. Yep. Uh, and my losers or losers this week are the Jeopardy contestants who had lack of football knowledge on Jeopardy the other night. They missed every single question in the category of of sports, and uh, Alex Trebek actually. Um, was very disappointed in all of them, but yeah, it was it was very funny to see three very smart individuals not know anything about sports. So I felt smarter than those individuals for just a small amount of time, which is fantastic. So those are our winners and losers. Uh, final thoughts, JT. I will give this one to you this week. Thanks, Dylan. All right, guys. My final thoughts going to talk about the Carolina, the new Carolina Hurricanes owner Tom Dundon. So he, he, since he took it over the team last month, he's basically been making a lot of news. So Basically, he, what he's doing is at their arena, I think it's the PNC arena, they kind of are covering up the upper area of the arena. So if you're a fan, if you bought upper t- tickets up in the arena and there's lower bowl seats available, you get to move down for free. You don't have to pay any extra money. And then it's kind of the same thing with the suites. If you're up in the suites and not being utilized, you can use that as well or move down to a lower bowl. So Tom Dunnode, he's really trying to embrace the fans, trying to boost that attendance up in Carolina because Carolina's been up and down the last few seasons in the NHL. Another interesting note, Dylan, that he announced today was he wants to bring back and embrace the Harris Carolina Hurricanes because they used to be the Hartford Whalers. So what that means, Dylan, is they're going to bring back those beautiful Whaler jerseys with the awesome logo. I love that logo. Classic. And they're going to probably wear those jerseys for four or five games starting next season. So, you know, bring back the Whalers. Uh, I know some Whaler fans are like, bring back the Whalers. Let's bring a hockey team to Hartford. Not sure if it's going to happen anytime soon, but, hey, you never know. I mean, NHL is is expanding right now, so if it gets bigger, our team gets to relocate, 
You never know. Hartford could someday maybe get a team back. But it's awesome to see the Whalers bring the team back. And I love this in the NHL, Dylan, where teams embrace their heritage from what they used to be, and they wear these old classic jerseys. That's just awesome. Yeah, I definitely agree. So thanks for listening to the show this week, guys. You can follow us on Facebook, Out of Bounds with Dylan James. On our Twitter, our Twitter handle is OOB Podcast. Or you can email me at DylanOutofBoundsPodcast.com with any questions, comments, concerns, things you want us to talk about, things that... uh sports you want us to talk about just let us know because we will definitely um cater this show to to you and to your listening um jt what are your social media handles you can reach me on twitter at jtsaka88 that's at jtsoka88 you can email me at jt at com, and you can reach out to me on my personal sports blog it's www.jtthesportsguy.com your super bowl mvp is Tom Brady. And my Super Bowl MVP is Danny Amendola. So thanks once again, guys, for listening to the show. Enjoy the Super Bowl, and we will talk to you next week. Seven Sports Talk. WBLZ Sports. We've got balls. I'm Stephen Jodderan from Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. Hi, I'm Armand Kafai. Be sure to give us a listen for the best coverage in American soccer. Follow us on Twitter at UncSamSoccerPod and give us a subscription on iTunes and Google Play. You don't want to miss it. Gen Service offers complete electrical service with a reputation based on quality. Turn to them for residential, commercial, and industrial electrical service. Doesn't matter if it's new construction, homes, electrical panels, hot tubs, generators, or a commercial rewire. The Gen Service team is licensed, bond, and insured to put your electrical concerns at ease. For an electrical contractor with 25 years of service, give Gen Service a call at 740-438-7173. With over 30 years of experience, the smart people call on Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing. Interior, exterior, commercial, or residential, Doug Peffer does it all. Is your house looking ugh? Then call on Doug. Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing, 404-966-3361. Mention WBLZ Sports and you'll receive a special We've Got Balls discount. That's Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing, 404-966-3361. We are not Vegas, guys. We're just two guys from South Carolina. Making our picks. Doing what we love. That's it. No bunkum, no bullshit. We don't have credit cards at the day. We're not hanging out with Frella Mafia. Even though we wish we were. The Burger and Badass Show. Thursday night from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And Saturday morning from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. Exclusively on WBLZ Sports. We got the balls. Danny, I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. 
get me the ball. Get you the ball. Are you going to get me the ball? Oh, I'll get you the ball. Get me 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 the ball